Hey, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 21. Before I introduce our guest, I just want to invite you, if you're someone who's listening and enjoying the podcast, to subscribe, to rate, to review, or even just send me a private message and just let me know what you're thinking and you know what you're liking about it, what you'd like to hear more of, who you'd like to hear. Um, it's really helpful and encouraging for me to hear from anyone who's enjoying what, what we're doing here. So today's guest is D.D. Darby Duffin. Born in the charm city of Baltimore, Dee Dee has been delighting audiences with her mixture of jazz standards, R&B, soul, and funk for a quarter of a century. While making sweet sounds, Dee Dee also discovered the acting bug and has performed in countless regional theater productions and discovered her love of jazz while performing to sold-out shows in the lead role in Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill for Pygmalion Theatre Company in Salt Lake City, Utah. And folks have been lining up to see her ever since. And here she comes. Enjoy. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Vocalmist. Vocalmist is an incredible tool for singers, actors, public speakers, teachers, team leaders, and anyone for whom vocal health is a daily necessity. The latest findings indicate that using a nebulizer with isotonic saline can actually help your vocal cords create sound with reduced pressure. Featuring a removable face mask and USB rechargeable lithium batteries, Vocal Mist is an accessible way of getting rid of dry mucus, alleviating allergies, and keeping your voice working easily at any time of day. Visit myvocalmist.com and use promo code ARTIFICE, that's all caps A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E, for $10 off your Vocal Mist bundle package today. Okay, so let's get started. So normally, um, I like to start by just talking about like what you were like as a child and how you kind of very first started getting into creativity. So I, what, did, what did that look like for you? I was a precocious child. I was always performing. According to family lore, I um, would sing for my grandmother's... Um, well, she didn't have tea parties. She had blackberry brandy parties. Cool. <laughs> and um, I would, I she would always say, "Baby, sing me that song." And I was like, I must have been. I was young because I was six or seven when yeah. my grandmother died, and I don't remember. Yeah, singing um, for her and her girlfriends when they would come over, but apparently I did. And there was this song, and I think it's by the Stylistics. It's called um, Toby. And it is a, I, I finally looked it up about 10 or 15 years ago. And it is a sad, <laughs> sad song, which probably um, lends itself to my love of ballads and yeah. like all the maudlin stuff that I love there. to sing. Because yeah. um, it's about, it's about um, these two um, kids that fall, they grow up together and they fall in love. And then one of them goes away to college mm -hmm. and then um, he comes back and 
she's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> so much for high school sweethearts. I know. I was like, oh, dang, that's really a sad song. But anyway, that's that's and I you, guess that's you, where I started. You loved it back then. How, where did you grow up? Baltimore. Okay, Baltimore, I read that on yeah. your site. I just forgot. Yeah. Um, that's great. And so so you were singing as just like a young child, like it was kind of just natural. You couldn't even shut me up. So what kind of, I, I find that this is sort of common for like people who become artists that as children, they're just, it's like they're doing it anyway. You know, no one has to be like, oh, let's put you in lessons. Um, Never but had that, one. Okay. Never had one music lesson. Um, I think I took clarinet as an elementary school kid, like but that class. was through school. And, yeah. Um, I never got good at it. Were and, you singing in like choirs or anything like that? Um, when I got to, I sang, oh yes, I remember Miss La Chica. She was my first music teacher cool. and she was, um, I think she was Filipino. I'm not sure she was Asian of some sort, but I remember I was just singing this song um, at this retreat I went to. She taught me Senor Don Gato, and I loved hearing her Asian accent sing it in yeah. with a Mexican with a Hispanic accent. Yeah, it was lovely, <laughs> and um, and she taught. Um, I I remember these beautiful songs. She taught me the um, the Statue of Liberty. What's written on the statue? Give me your tired, your poor. Yeah, I remember singing that with the choir, and I remember singing um, Bless the Beast and the Children. So those are the three children's songs that I remember. And that was like in elementary school. Yes. Okay. So you were doing like some, some choir with school. Um, Were you doing any other creative things like drawing, writing stories? I was doing, um, they called it, uh, um, oh, what do they call it? They call it speech and debate and speech and debate in college, but it was, um, uh, uh, reading like um I would memorize a yeah. a poem I think and it, they call it speech and debate in high school too. Yeah, but I did it in elementary school. I okay. remember doing um cool. Casey at bat. Awesome. Like dramatic kind of readings. Monologues, yeah. Yes, monologues. Great. And so I remember awesome. Oh my gosh, you're just bringing up so many memories. I love to start at the beginning because you know, I think like I ha- I feel like I have a lot of goals with this podcast, but but one is like the mis- there's this like mystique around artists that like isn't real. We're just Correct. people. Right. Um, and I think sometimes people have this idea that like, you have to have had all of this training yeah, or like the artist is like, you know, like mystical in some right. kind of a way where I, you know, so I like to start at the beginning, like what's the origin story of like, you know, this skill set you have now. Um, I just think it's, I just think it's important. It's a story it we don't, we don't, it's fascinating for me to think about now because I did, I have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah, connecting and those just, dots back. And connecting them back, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I started off doing, you know, monologued readings yeah. and memorizing those and I can remember them and I can remember getting support and I can remember getting adoration and I was like, oh, I want yeah. more of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a vocalist too and people will ask me like, when did you start singing? And I'm like, what kind of a weird question is that? Like, I've when always I started talking. Right. Yeah, like... <laughs> When I could learn the the lyrics to there a song, was never not singing, um, exactly. And it, and it's not because I was like an especially gifted child. I just liked it. I was doing it all the time. I do think you know. I I teach. Do you do you do any teaching? I used to. I used to teach third grade. Okay, cool. So when I teach little kids, you know, every once in a while, I have a child that I'm like, wow, the, you're really like ahead mm-hmm. for your age. But just as often, I have kids that I teach that when I first meet them, you know, 
They have really bad pitch. They have kind of sketchy rhythm, mm. but they love it. And then with guidance, they, they, they quickly outpace like some of the students that are more like gifted. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, when I think back about like myself, I think maybe I had a little better, like natural, naturally good pitch than some kids. And I was raised listening to like, like the stuff my parents really liked was like Michael Jackson and like Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh so yeah, like, the elements. I had yes. good rhythm, you know, right. I had like, I had that like 16th note in my bones. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for most children, it's not that you're most of the time, like so gifted that you're like, oh, she's an artist at age five. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you love it and you're doing it all the time. So, okay. So by the time, like connect the dots for me between like, you're a little child and you're interested in music, you're doing it all the time. And like, you're a singer, maybe like so, from childhood to like, I don't know, age like 18. Yeah. So I, what happened? Um, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't, so I grew up in inner city Baltimore, so it wasn't something that I aspired. It, it was a, it was a in the background kind of thing. It yeah. wasn't, I, I never um, thought I'm going to go and make my living as an artist because yeah. I wanted to, um, to not be poor. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I was practical. Yeah. But I sang in a couple of bands in high school um, that other people started. Like I, I didn't yeah. have have these grand ideas of having my own band or starting my own band or or being the front person. Yeah, I um, people would people would find out that I could sing and they would say, "Oh, do you want to come and sing this?" I remember, um, I remember in high school, um, Stevie Wonder came to our school. Cool. Wow. And I got to take him to his piano sweet and um wow that's big it's it like was huge right but even then it wasn't like hey Mr. Wonder I'm a singer it wasn't anything yeah. like that I had I had done some I think I'd sung in this um this band this kid named Vinny who I went to school with um wanted to sing some John Leg Lennon um and so I sang Imagine yeah. for the high school and I didn't I wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to yeah. law school. Yeah. I was like, this Dude, is same. just, this is just a hobby. I'm not yeah. like, I'm never going to, I'm not going to make my living doing this. this is just yeah. something that I can do occasionally. And I also grew up, I went to Baptist church with my great aunt. Um, and I sang in that choir and, um, but I didn't, I just, I, I think what I loved most is having people, um, watch people feel something when I sang yes. for them. That's so relatable. And, so I just kept doing it. And then yeah. I got to college and I thought, oh, you can go to college and study theater and music. Yeah. And I went, oh, um, and I was paying for yeah. college on my own. Right. And I, you know, I wow. walk, I, you know, I, I went across the country and away from my family and I was like, I can do whatever I want, but I also still needed to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom would call me occasionally and she'd say, you're majoring in what? Now, listen, you don't want to wait tables for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. I believe that you could do it, but do you, I mean, do you really want to yeah. work for so long, like mm -hmm. on a million to one chance? Yeah. And so I studied business and I studied communications and I changed my major a couple of times, like every other college student. Yeah. And then, um, and then I got, I got married. Where did you go to college? I went to the U. Okay. I went to, How I went did to you the, end up out here? Oh my gosh, I followed a mission, a Mormon missionary. And, um, <laughs> shoot. 
I'm um, also here because of that reason. I yeah. grew up in I grew up in Arizona, which is not. And then I went to school in Texas. I studied. Um, I went to the University of North Texas for jazz studies. Um, and then yeah, I also like fell in love with a boy who was from here. Yeah. And I moved I, I didn't even know. So I went to school in Idaho first. I didn't know that um, the West existed. Yeah. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from inner city thing. Baltimore. And so for me to say to anybody who I grew up with that I was going to Idaho to They're go to like, school, they were like, there people there? what? <laughs> there are no black people in Idaho. And I was like, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I literally, I had to look it up. Like I had no idea. And my mom kept saying, Iowa, just don't marry a farmer. She kept Yes. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's Idaho. It's mom. Idaho. And so I get here, I get to Idaho and it is completely different from the world that I was yeah. raised in. I mean, it is it, like the fact that there was a street called Main Street that yeah. I thought only existed in Westerns. Yeah. I was floored, blown away. Yeah. So if people were floored by me, I was equally as yeah. floored that there was that that there were only people who all looked the same. Yeah. <laughs> they were all white. And, and I was, I was just like, what, what, what do you mean you only have one grocery store? What, yeah. what world, what oh parallel universe did I drop myself into? Yeah. And, um, and I didn't end up with that boy, but that's how I got out West. Yeah. Okay. And then I loved it. And because it was so vast and not so densely populated and, um, it's just a different kind of pretty than yeah. the East coast. And, um, so I just, I stayed and, you know, made my way. And then I came to the U, I went to the University of Utah on a speech and debate scholarship because okay. I, yeah. I did all of that. I still wasn't singing that much. And then I didn't start singing again. I, I remember working, I remember working at Green Street when it was where the Hard Rock is now um, in Trolley Square. Okay. And I remember seeing a show called Voyeur. Okay. And, um, and I saw, and they were spoofing all these songs, and I was I've like, "Heard of that?" Right? They, sometimes they call it like Saturday's Saturday's Foyer. Foyer. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So back in the so this was twenty five years ago. Okay. And I I went, oh, I could do that. Yeah. They're just doing, you know, they're spoofing songs. Wow. Blah, blah. So I didn't even think about it. And then I got um, married. Then <laughs> I got pregnant, and then I got married, and then we moved to Arizona, and I didn't think about it. And I. Um, was waiting tables in Arizona. I lived in Tucson. Great. We've, we've lived some, some of the same parallel places, lives, right? Yeah. And um, there was this um, server named Laura and her husband wrote all this original um, music, like 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 a Stevie Ray Vaughan and okay. that kind of stuff. And he, um, and I was like, oh, I sing. And he's like, oh, have you ever been in, a, been in a band? And I was like, yeah, in high school a little bit, but not really. And we just got together and collaborated and wow. um, sang some of his his original stuff, um, and it was it was great. I was like, "Oh, this is really cool!" And we sang a couple of gigs, and um, and then he was he was um, you know he had some some issues, and so the band broke up. But I was like, "Oh, that's this what it's like option. to be in a band." Yeah. And then I moved back to Utah after my daughter was about three and I'm, you know, trying to be a single mom and I'm going to school and I'm, um, you know, and right around this time I also met my current husband. And so I'm trying to do all of these things yeah. and I'm not thinking about singing. I'm yeah. thinking about surviving and right. feeding this kid. Yeah. And, and I you were see, in school too. And I was in school That's also intense. trying to finish, you know, yeah. my degree that I stopped. Start, right. Um, and I saw an audition notice for Saturday's Voyeur. 
Okay. And you were like, and I, I remember went, oh, you. I remember this. Yeah. And I had a full-time job. Um, so for those who are listening, it's, it's like an kind of, it's like a, a skit. Yeah. Show. It's like a, it's, it is, it's, it's an original skit. That's typically 90 minutes to, to two hours long. It's written every year by the same two people. And it's based off of, a. um, um uh, it's like a, a, a Latter Day Saint yeah. um, cultural it's like a movie. Cult classic. It's a cult yeah, classic, and then it's a campy yeah. spoof off of I've that. And then a lot of the times, there's a lot of whatever is currently um, on the political forefront, specific yeah. to Utah, Utah. Um, that is in that's intertwined in so the show. Like, and then Utah almost specific. yeah, and almost all of the shows are um, they use um, current, um, not current, but they use musicals. And then they spoof those musicals. So they, you like know, a parody show they parodies, kind of, right? Yeah. And so the year that I did it, we actually did two original songs. But um, so I go and I audition for the show. Now, I got to tell you, I know nothing about auditioning because, again, yeah. I did not study theater yeah. because I decided that I wanted to eat. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to be a starving artist. So I don't have a headshot. Yeah. I don't have a resume. Yeah. I have nothing. I It was the greenest. I, they probably thought I was the craziest. Yeah. Most. They you just you know, walked in and they were I like, I walked huh? in and I was like, I'd like to audition for the show. And they were like, where'd you come from? And I said, well, I saw it, you know, a few years ago and I know that I can do it. And they were like, uh, okay, wow. where's your music? And I said, oh, I don't have any. I'm going to sing acapella. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> and, right. and they're like, oh, okay. Like I'm yeah. thinking about it now. They're probably like, what in the absolute. And so and then they said, tell a joke. And I cannot remember the joke. And then I sang acapella. I remember I sang um, uh, from Madonna's Dick Tracy show, More. Okay. And I remember it was silent. It was like crickets. And Nancy Borgenick said, where have you been? <laughs> and I went, taking care of a kid. I love it. Right? It was just yeah. so surreal. And so that was like my first professional yeah. gig and working professionally with um, actors and also singing. And I thought they're crazy. Yeah. They are all banana cakes nuts. <laughs> and I don't want to do this full yeah. time. Okay. I just, I was just like, yeah, the hustle, like always hustling to your next job, yeah, always wondering when, you know, if this is gonna, if you're gonna, you know, where your next paycheck is going to come from. So I really liked working full time and doing yeah. it on the side. Yeah, I think that's um, OK. I have a couple of things. So first of all, I want to just point out as you were talking, I I, I feel like, again, there's this mystique around the artist. Um, and I think people think that the thing that's special is like the art. And it's totally not. It's these other things like I'm thinking about the story you're telling from high school when like, you know, some other kid is like Vinny, someone yep. is like, uh, Hey, I'm doing this band. So many people would just be like, I don't, I can't do that. Like just the fact that you're like, sure. Yeah. That is unique. And then I'm also thinking like, I were similar in that, like both started singing really young. We're singing in school. Um, I also never thought that studying music in school was practical. And I also wanted to go to law school and also did speech and debate. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just talking to you as making me kind of go like, 
Oh, it's performance. That's right. what it is, right? It's the speak. It's the standing in front of people and speaking. It was definitely <laughs> all of that. I haven't. I hadn't thought about that until like right now. But like, that's the same skill. So like, you know, you were still working on that skill, mm-hmm. even though it was like in a different name. Um, yes. And then I'm also thinking like, so you know, kind of just you you've demonstrated in like these stories that you're telling that like you're open you're kind of curious you have a certain type of like bravery I think like just going to audition for Saturday's voyeur um and just being like I know I'm not like your typical thing but like I know I can do this well I didn't know anything yeah right so I think that was I I think it was more ignorance than than bravery at the time, because I had no idea what you needed to show up yeah. with. But you I mean, I you saw that they it. said it yeah. and I was like, I don't know what any of those things are. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and try to pay somebody to I figure it out. That's brave. Like, even if it also is like yeah. tinged with like naive or like, I just didn't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like some people when they know, like, cause you knew you didn't know, you yep. knew that there were things you didn't know. And I think that keeps a lot of people out. That's the end. That's the end of it. It's true. Um, but you were like, Hmm. I've seen the show. I know I can do mm-hmm. those things. So I have just as good of a chance as anyone, which I think is like, that is the thing that's unique. Like people that keep doing art every once in a while, I think we get a person who's told over and over again, like you're amazing. Right. You're a genius. And that person I think ends up being quite a bit less resilient. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I remember my daughter asked me um, just last year, um, she said, how is it that you've gotten to do so many things? Cause we were going through my resume and I was helping her write a resume and I've done, I I've been a lot of things, you know, I've yeah. been a teacher and a flight attendant and, you know, I've been in PR and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I just, I, I don't know. I just say yes. Yeah. I say yes. Like if I'm, if the opportunity presents itself and typically it's not typically, but sometimes it's someone saying, Hey, would you like to try this? I go, sure. Yeah. Or sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't, I think that looks kind of interesting. Let me see what it takes to get there. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's, I mean, for at least like a subset of us, that's the thing that like keeps us in the, in this world. Um, and then, you know, when you were saying that, like, you didn't want to have to be like doing that hustle all the time and you liked working full time, I think we are able to keep a certain amount of like purity in the art when we don't feel like, when it doesn't become work ruling you. Yeah. Well, and I think we also have as artists, um, we have to determine what success looks like for us because everybody thinks the pinnacle is to have your name commercially known all over the world. And that's not, that's not necessarily what successful artists do. I mean, there's so many people who are, you know, doing podcasts who are who are producing other artists who are working behind the scenes, who are doing all the sound stuff um, that, that make their living. That's what they do. That's, that's their work and they're still artists. And so I think for me, once I just determined what success looked like, um, then I could embrace the title of artist. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Do you want to elaborate on that? So I, so I did voyeur and then, um, and then I became an actress. Then I did some, then I started doing straight plays, like just no music. Yeah. And um, because I was like, oh, I like this. And I, the second audition that I went to, I thought was a musical mm. and it wasn't. Yeah. And you were like, it was a play. <laughs> and I went, oh, this is, I don't 
this, this is not for me. This isn't what I want to do. Even with all of that speech and debate yeah. background, I went, Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. But the director came out because he needed an African-American for okay. the play. And he said, uh, he sent the stage manager out and said, um, Oh no, the state, the director wants to see you. And I had looked at the sides and I didn't even know what a side yeah, was. Right. Yeah. So a side for anybody who's, for everyone who's listening is like just as a brief synopsis of yeah. some of the, the, the scenes the in the play, yeah. the dialogue okay. in the play. And I went, I had read that and I'd read the description of the character and I went, I bet he does want to see me. I'm the only black person yeah. that showed up all day. Yeah. And uh, they went and I said, but I don't act. I sing. I thought this was a musical. And they, he said, no, 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 we, we want to see you anyway. We want, he wants to see you. And, um, his name is Ron Fredrickson and he's still, um, I think he still is an emeritus director up at the U and he gave me my first, I guess, break. Um, I had done, you know, a couple of spoofs in high school, but never a real, a real play. And I discovered that I was funny and that I had comic timing and that I could, and I learned you know, the technology or the, 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 the speech behind being an actor. So I learned blocking and what stage left and stage right meant. And I didn't, and it wasn't book learning. Like I learned on the job. It was on the job training for me. Cool. And from then on, it was, it kind of spiraled because I was one of a few actors in Utah who were also female, who were also African-American. And so then people would, um, kind of seek me out, and I did a bunch of musicals for Cent- which, what's now Centerpoint, and I kind of cut my chops on that and did a lot of musicals, mm. and then I did a lot of plays, and it was really interesting that I would take a piece of, I would observe other actors who had been to school or had been doing it for a long time, and I take little pieces of what they did. I watched them, yeah, you know, like. I mean, I soaked up whatever they were giving and I was like, oh, I don't like that, but I like this. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that part. I love that Um, mindset. Yeah. I think I see so many young people writing off entire genres, artists, because they're like, well, I don't like this one thing. And I'm like, that lack of curiosity is going to be the end of this for you. Well, and I had to spend weeks practicing and rehearsing with people. So I'm like, of course, there's going to be something that they do that I'm going to like and something yeah. that I don't. And that's OK. Um, and so I became this I became an actor. I became I, I started I stopped doing musicals and I not not for I think mostly because in this particular um uh, area. Or, yeah. Well, in this particular area, okay. there's lots of musicals that are, that are done. And, um, I start, I got my first professional paycheck yeah. from being an actor. And I was like, yeah. I'm never going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I can't work for free anymore because I yeah. thought now that I built myself up in my name and I yeah. had some chops and I had some, some oomph behind me, yeah. I was like, I don't have to work for free, um, unless I really, really want to. Yeah. And I was commuting and, and and you were were you working like a full time job at this still point working too? a full time job? What were you Always. doing? Um, I was probably uh, I don't oh uh, at that time I think I worked I either was doing PR for the Children's Museum or I was working for the Economic Development Corporation. Okay. I mean I was but it was you like, know I had corporate jobs nine okay. to fives okay. Um, cool. always. And then I would go to rehearsals from six yeah. to 10 yeah. and I dragged my daughter Yeah, since she, when she, she was, was six little. years old. Yeah. And so that's why she just graduated with a degree in theater yeah, yeah. because she's been dragged to rehearsal yeah. since she was six. 
<laughs> you know, and um, she's in that world. Yeah, she she blames me, rightly so. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but I just I I it was interesting. I was doing um an interview on the radio and some about a show I was in and someone said, how did you get started? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, Oh, I did musical theater and I consider myself a a singer who acts. And, um, the director at that time said, that is really interesting. I never knew you were a singer. Yeah. And I would have never considered you a singer who acts. I've always considered you an actress. And so then I knew that I had, you had both, I had both. And I, at first I was confused because I'm like, what do I choose? What do yeah. I, I should choose yeah, one and yeah. focus. And, and I did, I, I think I chose unwillingly. I just chose to act, to continue doing shows because then some really great, amazing, available roles came along. Yeah. I got to play Rose in Fences. I got to play wow. the lady in red and for color girls who've committed suicide when the rainbow is enough. I got to play um, some really stellar, amazing full whole human being characters and um and some of them were were um specific to being african-american and some of them weren't and it was it's been an incredible amazing ride and then um about five six maybe six or seven years ago i saw a friend of mine who had been in a in a musical with me, I saw her perform just songs that she liked. And I had been singing in like choirs. So I sang with the Messiah, the community choir, okay. sang yeah. this gospel version of Messiah for about nine years and sang the hallelujah chorus at the end all the time. And, um, and, but I wanted, I wanted to do more of that. And there, there wasn't anything yeah. for me. You didn't have like a, a, a home for right. that right. passion. And so I saw her perform all by herself and I went, I, I can do I that. I can do that. I'm minute. sensing a theme. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, I, I can do I that. my own show. <laughs> and so I went to Seth Miller at the grand and I said, um, Hey, I, Oh, this is, at, Oh, I, I, I should say, in the in the time that I was doing all this acting, I got to play Billie Holiday. Yeah, I read that on your so I bio did today. Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, um, which is the the same show that Audra McDonald made famous. Okay, um, and won her sixth Tony Award for, and okay. I got to do She's that so here in Salt Lake twice. Wow, to sold out shows. Wow, um, and it was incredible because I was acting and I was singing this amazing jazz that yeah. I had grown up with, but didn't consider get in it I'd never considered it because I had while I had listened to Billie Holiday and I told the director this when I auditioned for the show here's my theme here's my what you're gonna I can do this I go I don't like her but I can do it she reminds (laughs) me of my aunt yeah I know who she is right yeah and the director who's now a friend of mine a really good friend of mine said this girl has a lot of nerve and if she can sing half as good as she can run her mouth she's got the part yeah and I I sang and she was like oh okay let's do this and it was this amazing um just lesson schooling of of jazz which is what I do almost exclusively now yeah and I just I once I I'd done that show twice I think we have another one in us 
coming up in a, in a year or so. So we might do, I think we're going to probably do it one more time before I'm too old. And, um, and I just thought I, that's, I want to do that. But then I continued acting more great roles kept coming and, and it was, it was great. And when I talk about being commercial, I mean, when I talk about what success looks like, what I had done was I had worked, learned the craft and worked my butt off. And so I became this person um I became this this big fish in a small pond Mm. who people Mm. knew my work ethic they knew that if I came on board what I was what I was capable of doing and what what they were going to get from me right and about that more yeah and so so I it be it became this this in for me and a lot of times I didn't have to audition yeah okay because they knew what they were going to get like I made a reputation for myself that I work hard. Yeah. I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for and a little bit more. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to like go back and like dig in on a few things before we, I'm sensing we're getting into like the singing chapter. Yes. So yeah. while, before that happens, um, I, when you said that, um, the Seth, I'm Seth, trying to remember. Seth, yeah, um, Seth Miller. Seth, was he the one that said, like, I've always thought of you as an actress? Or no. am I confusing stories? No, he's not the one who that was he Seth is the um the artistic director at, for at the, the Grand. Grand. Okay. Um and the person who said I've always thought of you as an actress was Jason Bocut, who's a Okay. Um, um So I my question is just like, you know, I I can I can empathize with like how valuable that validation is. And I think some of us, all of us maybe maybe depending on how you were raised, I don't know, uh, really struggle with those labels, like owning those labels. Like I am an artist. I am a singer. I am an actor. I'm a podcast host, you know, whatever. Um, and I, I think my, maybe my question and maybe you don't have thoughts about it, but like, do you have thoughts about like what you do or what one should do if that kind of verbal validation, like doesn't, happened for you because you were an actress whether or not he said that to you yes yeah well I I I knew that I was an actor I didn't I was I think what what threw me was that someone thought I was an actor first before they thought I was a singer sure because I'd always considered myself a singer yeah and I think what I've come to terms with because people people will in invariably always ask you what you like to do better. Yeah. And now my response is, cause I used to think I had to choose. Yeah. And now my response is I like them both for different reasons. They yeah. both give me, they both feed me in different, in different ways. It's like trying to choose between, yeah. you know, um, sushi or pizza. Yeah, it's like, like what I am want I them for, for different reasons. Um, yeah. So do you feel like him saying that, it wasn't so much that it validated something, but maybe it just kind of like it prompted you to kind of unlock this paradigm shift of like, I'm both. Yeah. It turned on this light for me for real. For, for, and I knew then that I didn't have to, to choose one or the other because that's what I had been doing yeah. subconsciously. I'd been choosing, Oh, I've become good at this. Yeah. People like me doing this. I should continue doing this. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any thoughts about like, how people can like summon that validation by themselves. Like it's okay if you don't, but like, you know, do you have thoughts about like, 
as we, as we, as individuals are struggling with, um, you know, like maybe needing some validation or, or something like, I don't know, kind of owning those, those terms. I think it's always whatever is inside you. It's always, because I always knew that I wanted, excuse me, I always knew that music was, it's just inherently inside of me. And I, so I, so for me, it was, I guess just, it was, it was just this quick aha that, you know how people are like, oh, I'm a singer who acts or I'm an actor who sings. Yeah. And I would listen to that and I would go, oh, I'm a singer who acts. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, I don't know. It was just, it was this, this one little, this one little thing inside where he, when he said that, I just went, oh, I don't have to be either. I am both. Yeah. And I'm good at both. And I, and that's okay. And I've yeah. always kind of been this, um, not really caring what people think of me kind of person. You think that's kind of, that's in your bag. That's, that's like, that's in my bag. Um, I mean, I care what people think, but, um, my favorite, author of all time, Maya Angelou said, if you believe the good that everybody says about you, you also have to believe the bad. You can't just take one or the other. That's true. So I, I have to validate myself with how I feel and let that, um, and let that kind of, um, be the, the rays that come out. And then everything else is just, is just like background incidental. Yeah. It's just background. Okay. It's just, Okay, that's great. I'm I'm glad you think I'm great. But the minute you start thinking that you're not, yeah. you start questioning who you are as an artist, what you should be doing, what kind of music you should be doing, and that's I think that's what um, I think. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it can move people in different directions, and so they start Absolutely. trying different things that they're like, oh, I should because somebody told me I yeah. should do this, and um, and you know, getting older also helps you go. No, yeah, that's just not for me. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Now that's great that you think that, but I'm gonna stay over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like to ask. I mean, I like to talk to other artists about like just these kind of these things in our businesses that are so fragile Mm -hmm. and like sensitive, and like our egos and our psyche. Yeah, and I think, especially as I've been doing this podcast, I. I think a lot of people like to tell the story, like they like to cut, maybe not even on purpose, but they kind of cut out the time that they weren't confident about those things. And they skip to like the time that they're like, and I knew. And I knew I was amazing. And I think, I feel like we do that because like, we're still kind of always telling ourselves like, but I love to talk about like those days and those times that were like, why is nothing working? <laughs> I still have those. Like I... I know that I, I still believe that, um, that probably 85% of what I do has to do of, of, of what I get to do has to do with me showing up, being prepared and being, and being able to take direction. Yeah. And the rest is my talent. Yeah. I wonder, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this because it's like so it's so like the theme of my life right at this year (laughs) at this moment. But, you know, sometimes I feel that like I do. I also like work 
I work. Um, and I'm like, you won't find someone who would accuse me of like not being prepared, not being on time, whatever. But sometimes I feel like those things cause me problems here in Utah. Like, I think sometimes there's a feeling like, um, maybe I like take up too much space or like something like that. And I'm wondering if maybe like, I'm just curious about this cause we're both here. I think I'm like a little bit younger. So I'm 31. So we're, we're maybe, maybe it's also like a, like a, mm-hmm. this is a different, this is a weird era that and we're we in. have different experiences. But I, I'm also wondering if like, maybe you have a, some kind of a thing that you're doing where like you are a better judge of character than I am or like you, you, you know, I'm kind of just, well, I'm just think, wondering like, do you maybe you trust the right kinds of people or like, what do you think? I think my, I think my age and the fact that I've had, um, I've lived a, a few more experiences than you have, yeah. have a lot to do with it. Um, because I wasn't, um, well, I wasn't always, um, no, that's not true. I was going to say I wasn't always as trusting and it's true. Cause there have been people that I've just been like, what, what you did. Um, yeah. but I also have, because I've, because I think because I came into this business a little later, I guess. And I just, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to you know, the end, the, at the end of the day, I want to be this yeah. as an artist. I always knew that I wanted to have health insurance and yeah. be able to go take myself out to dinner. Right. So I always yeah. knew that I wanted, that I had to have a job and then I had a kid. Yeah. Right. So I had another human being to be responsible for. And so that, um, lent itself to decisions that I made about what I could do as an artist. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, yeah. um, also, being willing to say, being willing to walk away. Yeah. I have always been willing to walk away from foolishness. Yeah. Like I, I hear some of the stories that people put up with so that they can get a gig, keep a gig, go do a gig. And I just, I have just had this barometer that said, absolutely not. It's not, you're not worth my time. I think that's a lesson that I like, I need to learn. I, I, it's like I said, it's like the theme of my life right now, but, um, I'm, my mom died last year and like was a narcissist. And I think I'm like, I'm excavating through all of that Mm -hmm. now. And I think, I think I have like this kind of gut thing of like, if I work hard enough, you'll see it and you'll like, you'll like me and you'll like appreciate me and value me. And that is not true. You know, it isn't, it isn't like, cause you could work your butt off and, and, and nobody would see it. And so that, so that validation has to come from internally so that you can get up and, you know, move throughout the rest of the day. And I think, um, you know, if you, if it doesn't, then you hinder, I, I think, I, I think it, um, kind of calcifies or like yeah and it and it also hinders all of the art artist artistry that can come out of you if you if the only validation you get is if somebody is saying I think you're great oh my gosh you were amazing um then I mean the first thing I do when I get on stage if you've ever been to one of my concerts is I I talk about the time that it took me to get that pretty to stand in front of you and sing and I say hey Give me some applause because yeah. all this architecture to put on this this dress <laughs> that I have on, you know, and, you know, this face, yeah. like, 
it didn't come easy. And I, you know, come on. You like to acknowledge that. Well, I'm, I'm bringing it up because you said, you know, when we, you were talking about like what success is to you and you were saying like, you know, your work ethic speaks for itself. And I'm kind of just wondering, like, is there a caveat in there where like you work with high quality people? I do work with high quality people. I've been lucky, fortunate, and in the right place at the right time to get to work with some high quality people. But I've also worked with some, some, some duds. Yeah. And I, and, and because I, because this isn't everything for me. Yeah. I'm able to say, I get to say, I'm not going to work with them. Yeah. I'm not going to work with them again. Okay. I've tried that. Um, yeah. I love and, that. And um, because it, because, because you, doing this kind of work isn't everything. Yeah. I can fill my life. I can, f- with other aspects of this artistry that are fulfilling. Like I became a writer. Yeah. For the, I, like, I wrote, wrote a, play, a play. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is really yeah. interesting and something I never thought I yeah. would ever want to do but I love I I love writing yeah and um so so you can't make that one that the one thing I I I would say to anybody who's looking to be in this business that you've got to ground yourself in something more than just this outward validation of people thinking that the work that you produce is amazing well and maybe like the other lesson is you can't, um, not everyone is workable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to maybe like, you know, like burn a bridge occasionally and occasionally say yep. like, I don't, my, like your mess is not my mess. Yep. And like, yeah, I think that's a really difficult lesson to learn, especially, you know, for those of us, I think girls and women who, and who are, are hungry. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, we, the combination of like a girl who's like brave and curious and wants to be in the room, like that's mm-hmm. kind of more common than we think, but also less common than maybe it is for some men. Um, the combination of like a girl who has that kind of guts, uh, and then also like the kind of socialization of like, I'm all I'll play by your rules and like and I'll all kind myself of small yeah, so and that I'll you can fit feel. in around your thing. You can, I think I have found myself too many times in a situation where like way too far into it, I get this like light bulb where I'm like, Oh no, we're not operating in the same. Mm-hmm. There's nothing fair about this. And it's not that I like, I'm trying to like fawn or like, I just have an assumption that we're like on an even playing field. And I realize like, Oh no, yeah. we're not at all. And there's and I no will amount say this. of, I will say this, Emily, not only is it my, my age and experiences, but also I'm an African-American woman. And so there are things that I have had to deal with, yeah. um, just on its surface, um, just coming in that you haven't had to deal mm-hmm. with. And so yeah. not only do, so I get, I get all of that, that, yeah. that ish that you were just talking yeah. about, but also, I'm an African-American woman on top of that. So I get, right. a, you know, like this other level, this other layer. Totally. And so because of that, I have, um, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to mitigate or say, I don't want to measure experiences, no, but no. I think that I come with a, a different like a set of tools yeah, sure. that I've had to utilize um, 
that you that you haven't had Do to. Do you know Camille Washington? Yes, absolutely. I, I interviewed her, her last week. Show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I interviewed her last week and she said something really similar. Like, yeah. Because I was kind of asking her about the same thing, like how do you deal with like these kinds of things? And she said, like, I had to learn stuff that kind of prepared me for that moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we come into, I think we're born into it, right? Yeah. Um, and you, you grow into it. Yeah. You've, you've had to grow into learn it. Yeah. And for us, it was like this immediate lesson yeah. about, um, about taking space. Yeah. When no and one wants you to take that space. Yeah. Do you have advice about it or like, you know, or, or just other thoughts, you know, I, I understand that like, for me, I just say, for me, it's, um, I think, I think everybody comes into a room with some preconceived notions about who you are, what you can do, what you're capable of. And so I, the, the thing that I hold myself to is I'm, I want to be as authentic as I possibly can. And so if I want a seat at the table, I take a seat. Yeah. Right. And so, and I don't, um, I, I don't ever decrease myself so that other people can feel in like they're bigger. That's not my job. You're probably like looking, like looking for it. You know, I never do that. I, 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 I mean, that was probably a conversation that I've had in every relationship that I've ever had is I'm never going to make myself smaller so that you can feel big. Yeah. Yeah. That's not who I am. And if that's who you're looking for, then, um, I'm not your person. That's not, I'm yeah. not your person. And I'm never going to misrepresent myself yeah. by be by playing small first yeah. so that I can get you to like yeah. me. I just, I, I made a promise with my probably 20, yeah. two year old self, especially yeah. as I was bringing this other life into the world totally. that I couldn't play small so that other people could yeah. feel like they were. And, and it's probably, um, cost me some things I I don't know what they are yeah I have no idea nor do I care yeah I just cared about being true and authentic to myself yeah I don't think I play small either but I think I I think I the piece that I haven't figured out is how to not care about um but I think I don't play small and I accidentally find myself in rooms with people who really who want you to react poorly to that right and because they think that you should be something else. I mean, they everybody comes in with these preconceived yeah. ideas, right? So they'll yeah. look at you and say, blonde hair, blue eyed, she'll probably be meek and, you know, and 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 they play to that. And then yeah. when you give them something different, they're like, whoa, wait, yeah. what? And it blows up in and a way blows that like, up. I think I, I haven't figured out the math like every single time it takes me by surprise. I'm still always like... Bear, that's bear wagging his tail. If you can hear it, um, I he's he's like having a good dream and he's totally asleep and wagging his tail. Um, yeah, I'm always like I seriously like it. Ha- I have like I said, it happens too often. I should have learned this lesson by now, probably. But I I like I see it like suddenly, and I'm like, oh no, it's happening again. Um, so I think that's that's amazing that you. I think like, you have to not be afraid of that label. That's yeah. what it is. Not being labeled mm. as, you know bitchy or like I just own it I claim it I go if that's how if that's your, yeah I'm gonna walk into the room and I'm going to probably I think I'm smart yeah and if I'm prepared and I know my stuff 
you're going to hear that I know myself. It's undeniable and I'm not going to play small for you. And if that means that you walk away thinking I'm aggressive or you put all of those stereotypical labels on Mm -hmm. me, so be it. Because I think you walked into that room that way anyway. Yeah. It's not about you. And I'm okay with that. You, that. I'm not taking that it's home. It's not with any me. of yours. That's not yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I need. I need. I need to learn that. I think for me, like growing up with an abusive parent, kind of, it it's it's built in like a like a. I tolerate too much of that. Therapy is amazing. I have been. Yeah, I've, <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying like I'm excavating through all of it now and right. kind of like, you know, in the last like three years, I'm like, oh no, this is a thing and this is a thing and kind of you know, starting to sort it all out. I need, I need your, your, your listeners to understand that I completely believe in, 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 in mental health and that that is, um, that I didn't get here by myself, that, Mm. that, uh, that yes, I came with this outline of, you know, this fabulousness of being like, I'm just going to not care and, and do my own thing. But that, um, that it took it, I had to work for it and that I'm, you know, it didn't, it's not, it's not natural to just, to, you know, think that you, that, yeah. Right. Like, absolutely. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a cultural thing. I, I have, I have worked hard on it and I truly believe in mental health and getting the help that you need and, um, getting a booster shot every now and then. Like I haven't seen my therapist for years, but I also know that there are things, but I also know that I have a, a, yeah. a, a huge toolkit from which I can, I can go yeah. back to, but I, I need a booster every once in yeah. a while to say, totally you're, you know, you're, you're, you're on the right track and yeah. let's continue talking. I, I think we as humans just need that. And I don't think that enough of us get it. Yeah. Amen. Do you want to talk about any of the particular, like, things kind of in that realm that you've learned, you know, maybe as it pertains to like your willingness to create art or to like enter characters or. Yeah. So you want to share about your like, Oh my goodness. Um, your stuff. I do know. So in, in unearthing some of the stuff that, um, that women in my family have been through, like there's like, there are like these old traumas and yeah. that, that no one's ever talked about. No one's ever generational claimed trauma these generational traumas yeah. that um, we still don't talk about. I mean, I know that I have, I have a decent relationship with my mother, but that didn't come easy as I became an adult. And I want, and I, you know, you want, you want your parents to, to still be a certain way in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And when she mm-hmm. wasn't, I was just like, I was just talking about this with a friend like two days ago. Yeah. And so now I've become a sort of a caregiver because my mom was, you know, she had a stroke in January and, um, it's frustrating and, and you're gonna have to talk myself down off of a tree a lot because I'm like, if you would just, but you know, you're also talking about a whole ass human being who's like, has all of this, her own things that she's dealing with and grappling with. And then to be, you know, to have had, um, her cognition altered during that and then trying to have it come back slowly but surely you know I have to I have to remind myself that all of those things are are occurring yeah and to try to give her her governance yeah and let her have that as opposed to putting you know make putting her my governance on upon her um and I just think that um when i it comes out on the stage. So when I'm singing, I'm the most vulnerable I can be yeah. because I am just myself. Yeah. I am not a character. I, 
Um, I love that about singing. Too. Yeah, I love it. Right. And so for me, it was because at first I thought about about creating this persona. Yeah. And then I was like, that's too much work. Well, I think the reason when you said before, like, I don't like Billie Holiday, it's so classic, right? Like nobody likes Billie Holiday when they very first hear it because she's not. Um, well, I thought her voice was tinny. I was like, what is this? Right. Is- well, and she doesn't have a lot of range and mm-hmm. her, her, sometimes her pitch is like a little. Eh. Right. Um, but like the thing, and I think the thing she's doing is so plain that we miss it, but that's like the whole. Every musician who ever worked with her said she was a musician's musician. Yeah. That, she was, that, that was what she could do fully was, real. was the gift that she gave was the interpretation of whatever pain, agony, anguish, joy, happiness she yeah. was having in she was that so moment. Present. That's yeah. why none of her recordings yeah. sound ever sound the well, same. She, she said it's because that in she her, was present. She was like, yeah. I'm just and she that's said what that in her I like autobiography too. I'm sure you know. Yeah. We're talking about it now for the listener. But like, <laughs> you know, as a fellow Billy fan. Um, yeah, like she said, I think in her autobiography, like I can't sing the same song the same way twice because I'm a different person and right. it could change based on, you know, from like I walk down the hallway and like have some encounter and I come back and it's new. It's true. And that's how I feel when I yeah. am singing. And so when I when I ha- and I've played some really amazing roles where I've had to go to some dark places, some really, really um, dark places, and I am just so grateful for the work that I've done um, on myself, um, so that I can go there and then leave. Yeah, because there are some, oh, yeah. there are some people, there are some actors who, and you know bless them. Right. Cause they, they, they have go to go to these deep dark places far. and they, they go and they stay they there for stuck. a while and it's hard for them to get back out. Yeah. But I remember when I was doing women of Lockerbie where this, this mother had lost her son, um, um, on the, 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 the plane that, that blew up over Lockerbie, Scotland and the anguish that she felt. And I remember there was, a um, some kind of, I can't remember the name of the the how they tried to get us there how they tried to to, oh it was called viewpoints Mm. and I said okay I'm gonna try it it's this idea it's a method in in acting and I said okay I can try it and I I couldn't I couldn't do I said I have been working on my own processes for so long that I cannot adopt this and get and I I I said it just it didn't work for me yeah um and that's not to to put any shade on that that method. It just isn't a method for me. Yeah. And um. And I said, in order for me to get there, I've got to go through my own yeah. whatever I've developed. Because yeah. again, I'm not a student of theater. Yeah. So I've had to kind of develop these things yeah. on my own. Right. And what works for me. And I need to be able to to come back out. And I yeah. I remember saying, it's a good thing I'm such a happy person just naturally because yeah. I really have had to go to some very discouraging and despairful, sorrowful, you know, play some sorrowful women who just, um, but they've also been amazing to play. I think that kind of thing is such an exercise in empathy. Like, you know, if you think of it, like you're going with like another person into like her soul, you still have yours. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think about it like that too, but I also agree that like, cause you know, I, 
I, there's, there's different things. There's like singing that you do. Like when you're singing jazz, it's you. And when you're singing, you know, other genres, maybe particularly Broadway, but I think also maybe like there's some other genres too, where you, where you kind of do have to have a character, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's the, this song kind of requires a specific thing. Um, and that stuff is a whole different exercise. I mean, it's certainly related, but yeah, there's, there's a level of presence that you need for jazz, which is definitely why I'm into it. Yeah. It's, it's, I, for me, it's the most authentic. It's the closest I can get to being me. Yeah. Um, that in the music that I've encountered yeah. that and rhythm and blues R and B you know, um, it's the, it's, it makes, it gives me all the feels. And so I'm able to kind of, yeah, give, There's give that nothing better to the than audience. Watching an audience, like watching something that you're kind of like creating out of like your soul, like land on a group of people. It feels it feels really powerful. The best compliment I ever got was from someone who I have, excuse me, I've done, um, I've been in plays with before, but they, it was the first time they had come to see me sing. And she said, I felt like, even though I know you and I've, you know, broken bread with you, which is one of my favorite things to say. Yeah. Um, I felt like you were only singing to me. Like I was your wow. best friend yeah. and that concert was just yeah, for me. said that about Billie Holiday. Like you probably know this quote. I read it to all of my students when we're talking about like lyric development. So I like, I think about it all the time, but someone said of Billie Holiday, like, um, she, she delivered her heartbreak or whatever it was in such an unburdening kind of a way that it felt like she was your best girlfriend next to you at your favorite bar don't know that quote. isn't that and i That's was reading wonderful. on your i was reading on your your bio about like the the ugly face thing which i also <laughs> think is so billy like you're right i mean it's such but that's what it is it's like this intimacy um i think some vocalists and maybe actors i think a lot of vocalists get that kind of like diva thing where it's like so performative that they're like and it, and it's fine like it's it's its own thing mm-hmm. but they're kind of demanding you as the audience member to like give your energy to like a specific thing they're doing it's it is burdening in mm-hmm. maybe like kind of a cathartic way but they're kind of giving you this burden of like their big feeling and the 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 jazz way is so subtle it's like a um I'm having a thing. You want to come? You mm-hmm. want to? You want to sit here with me and have your total own thing? Exactly. Yeah. So he, for me, it's I want you to feel whatever it is you're feeling about whatever it is you're feeling. Yeah. Through this gift yeah. of this music, you don't have to go on my totally. ride, but I want to take. I want to help you on your ride, yeah. so that you can lay your burdens yeah. there too totally. for a minute that that quote I'll, I'll show it to you when we go upstairs but that quote um it goes on to say um she was so understated it allowed you to think about your own heartbreak in like a much more personal way which is like the magic of that mm-hmm. it's it's like you you feel like you're just like watching her think a thing and then you're like i've had that thing Right. Or my, yeah. And for me, it's, I just want to make you feel. Yeah. Whatever it is that you need to get to, go through, yeah. go under, over, around. I just want for that one, for that, that moment that you're with me, 
I want you to feel it and yeah. live in it and be okay with it. Put it down, pick it up, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just yours and you and I can go on that together. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going through my own stuff too. Um, or yeah. at least I've tried to put it to the side so that, yeah. so that the gift is, um, me interpreting this song will help you with yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, totally. You're going through. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying too. It doesn't need to be the same experience, mm-hmm. but it's this maybe like you're meeting at a at a feeling mm-hmm. and then thinking about separate experiences. But like that middle funnel point is just like that the humanity of like that feeling. Which is why for me when I'm giving a concert, I love intimate concerts, but I also love, you know, big crowds, but I I I try to acknowledge that um and meet people where they are. So there are lots of people who come and they want to just have their phone up the entire time. Yeah. And I, I always make a statement about that. I always say, I want you to take as many pictures of me as you want, because I, I, you know, I spent two hours getting dressed for you, right? Tag me in the photos, put me in your Instagrams. Absolutely. Video, take a snippet, whatever. But make sure you're here, make sure you're present with me because I did a lot of work to get, to, to get here for you yeah. and to get here with you. And I want you, I want you to come with me. I don't yeah. want you to watch me through the lens of your camera yeah. because we never look at it the same yeah. when we go back and look at yeah. it. And, and I, and I always say you can listen, you can watch every video. Uh, you know, I always record it and I always put it up on my website. Yeah. And so if you really need to watch yeah. how I sing or watch whatever faces I'm making, yeah. you can go back to that. But tonight you should yeah. be right, right here, here so with that because we're sharing because we're sharing. Yeah. yeah. It's I totally agree. It's like a two way mm-hmm. thing. Um, I wanted to also ask when you were talking about some of the, pl- the plays that you've done and the acting you've done and having the opportunity to play some like really full characters, do you have, do you want to like philosophize at all about like why it's important to write full characters, what the value is like of, you know, seeing full characters or even just the magic to you of playing them? Well, being able to, um, one, because we've both been teachers, I think being able to see yourself represented on a stage um, fully and being able to say, oh, I I get that. That's me. I've been through that. I've... I've done that. I think that's one of the most important things, which is why I started writing in the first place. Because yeah. for so long, you know, I did not see see enough of a, it. anybody who looked like me yeah. or anybody who sounded like me on stage or screen. And I also think that um, specifically females with women, we we just we we get them about halfway, and then and then yeah. it stops. And then I, I think that that's where. I think that that's been a hindrance specifically to our mental health because yeah. we we watch these stories and we think that that's how it's supposed to yeah. be when really love is not like that at all. Yeah. It's more adult and it's yeah. more work and it's more talking and communication and more yeah. than any of these things that we watch or see. And I think it's important that we start telling those stories yeah. so that people can can be full yeah. um, with in their relationships outside of, and, and I know that sometimes when we go to the theater or we go to the movies or we watch TV that we're trying to escape. Yeah. But we also need to, to have the things that tell all of the truth. I think one of the things that happens is like, like 
yeah, there's like the escaping media and then there's like the, the truth telling media and we see like in the escape media, none of the characters, male, female, people of color, white people are fully formed because mm-hmm. it's for fun. But then in the like truth telling mediums, we see fully developed men, white men all the only. time, all the time. Yeah. And so I think I, I'm hoping that we've we've arrived at a at a at a like this it's watershed movement changing. where stuff yeah. is changing. And so and, and people are, are are speaking back and they're fighting back. And um, but but I don't think that we I think artists coming up now and anybody listening that I I think I don't think we need to only just tell our own stories. I think anybody within a, in a position of power needs to tell tell stories yeah. that are full and whole and real. And if you have not, um, if if you if you only know one one story, then your life is not rich and full, and you need to yeah. go out and you need find to some stories. You need to find some more stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hardcore, hence <laughs> this podcast that we're doing. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about your play? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of rewrites for it, but, um, so we were, we were all sitting around talking about this exact subject about how, how to tell our own stories and how am I going to see people who look like me if I, if, should I start writing stories like that? And so I decided to write a short play with Plan B Theater and the Theater Artists of Color group. And it's been this, you know, it's been very humbling for me because, I'm not, I don't think that, you know how like, you know how you you go into something, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm okay at this. I'm good at this already. Yeah. So, you know, and now I, this writing thing, I'm like, uh, I'm, this is, this is tricky. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm in the middle of rewrites, but it's, it, it's a, like a story from my, my uh, middle school years when I used to slough school and. I've got a lot of stories that I've started and, and, and stalled with, but I, I get to play so many of these rich characters that sometimes my own story just kind of takes, it feels kind of, it takes a back, it takes, it's, it's on the back burner. And so right now I'm, I'm in rewrites, but I'm, I'm having a difficult time, not a difficult time. I'm, I'm more inclined to, cause I'm getting ready for, um, uh, fringe and so I'm doing a play and you're gonna ask me the name and I cannot remember but I know that I play <laughs> a lot of characters fringe? it's a one-woman sorry, show oh so fringe is. festival is um is is exactly what its moniker suggests is that it's mostly um, um I, I won't say one act but it's mostly theater companies or um that that will that get together on two weekends I think it's two weekends in in August and it's where they do stuff that's eclectic and different. Okay, and, I get it. It's right? on the fringe. It's on the fringe. And so, or it's stuff that they've always wanted to do um, that regular audience or regular patrons wouldn't come to. Okay. Um, I'm so into that. Yeah. It's, and so you get to choose, like there's, it's like um, theater and rep. And so there's all these theater companies that are putting on different um, short Yeah, short productions. and short, um, okay, And cool. so I'm doing... Oh, no child, no child left behind, which was written by a teacher. Okay, it's probably no child left behind, right? I think so. That's the or no, yeah. That's the that's the George Bush thing. Oh, I really hate that. I can't remember for education. But it's this. But, uh, it was this educator who 
who was also an actor who uh, did a theater uh, class in um, Brooklyn, New York. And if you can imagine the students that were forced to take her theater class. Yeah. And so she then she made that that work into a one woman show. Okay. And the one woman show has like all of these characters. It has the teacher wow. and her and all the students. Awesome. And so I get to do that this this wow, summer. Wow, that's great. And then I also you mentioned Camille Washington. I get to do her show in in uh, November for Plan B Theater Company, and I'm really excited about doing a work written by an African American female yeah. writer. I love talking to her. She um, was so she's cool. amazing. And um, she doesn't give herself enough credit, I don't think, but I think she's absolutely brilliant. And I'm really excited. And I love what her and her sister have done in Ogden for the theater community, specifically yeah. um, that it's two black women who yeah. have opened their own theater company and it's they're thriving. Badass. And it's, it's so good. It really is. I, I just, I, I would do anything for those, for the Washington sisters there. They, yeah, they're, they're doing some mad, mad, crazy stuff up there. And I, I'm, I give all props to them. Um, your play did your play come out yet my play was read at the Edward Lewis festival and um, so just this past spring and a full production of it will be in 20 2020 okay yeah for Plan B theater yeah 2020 or 20 yeah Um, so I'm in rewrites and it's exciting you said that I'm sorry and I think it's 2020 or 2021 I can't remember but um, I'm also collaborating with another playwright um, Deb 3D on writing another play. So I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I think great. I've put myself in a, yeah. so when, when she said, so, you know, Deb 3D, she's a, a an established playwright. And she was like, I, I want you to help me write a play. And I went, okay, okay, I, think I can do that. And then what I said to, <laughs> what I said to her out loud was, I need to know what I'm getting into and I need you to know how I feel about what I'm getting into and what I, and so when I talk about being authentic, what I said to her was, here are my expectations for you, from you as a seasoned writer. Yeah. And I need you to tell me what specifically your expectations are from me. Yeah. Um, That's so amazing. And yeah. Verbalize it. Just verbalizing it. And cause I said, I got to tell you if I can give it to you or not. Yeah. And you know, and That's be able awesome. to, to make a, an informed decision. And I think most of the time we don't ask questions like that. Yes. I've been getting better at that. Yeah. So I don't say just, so I'm learning Yeah. to not just say yes, yeah. but to say, I got a few questions. I have some questions. Let me think about that because I used to just say yes, yes, yes. And I would and get myself realize. so in these overwhelming things and I would get them done, but I'd just be like, <sighs> and now I'm totally burned out and right. Yeah. But now I'm older and that. wiser and I'm, yes. I learned to say, let me think about that. And Maybe. I call it giving myself the gift of time. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just said to my husband last night that like one of my new mantras to my students mantras to my students is give yourself the gift of time. I've been saying that to all of my students recently. And when I say it, what I mean is don't wait until the last minute to practice this. Mm, Give yourself the gift of time. But also I like, I like that telling of that mantra too. To mull it over, to consider it from all angles, how it's going to affect and, and or impede on your own, your own, your own psyche. I got a couple more questions. Okay. You, 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 you still good? I'm good. Okay. Okay. I want to ask, so I know that you've been careful to, su- to sort of separate your, your, 
like stability money making with like your art money making, but I'm sure you're doing some hustling. So do you want to say anything about like the type of hustling you are doing? Oh yeah. I'm hustling. Like I'm trying to get gigs. Um, I'm, I've hooked up with, um, the Utah, um, Utah heritage, Utah Arts and Museums Heritage. Cool. They have a they have a performance program. I'm applying for a scholarship because I want to go to a booking conference because I think that once I get a booking agent, I won't have to hustle as hard. Dude, I need to talk about that with you. Yeah. I need that too. Um, and so there's this booking conference in Boise, um, Northwest Arts, and then there's one in LA at the end of August. And I just, I, I've been applying to go as an artist, which is really um, difficult because they, you know, you get judged by this panel of judges. It's like a NACA conference? Yeah, I think so. And so, but I've never been able to get there. And even if I were, it's really expensive because you have to pay for you and all your artists to go and then you perform five minutes and there's all these presenters there who might put you, put you on their their schedule. But I want to go because I know there's lots of presenters and, and agents. And I just think, I know I'm charming as hell in person. Yeah. And I think once people see me and I get to talk to people, they'll yeah. be like, hmm, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hustling that way and I'm hustling trying to get gigs in, you know, here in Utah. Um, Do you I, want- I've worked really, I've worked a lot this year. It's been great. Yeah. Um, excellence, Jeff Whiteley from excellence in yeah. the community is like, he's my bud, man. He gets, he gets me on his roster every year. And I've, I think I've played like five excellence concerts wow. this year. It's been that's, great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Do, I, do you want to tell any stories about like ways that like the hustling side of things has been difficult or lessons that you've learned? Figuring out what to charge. Mm-hmm. That's been the most, that's been my most difficult, um, and not working for free. Yeah. Right. So someone will call and they'll, they'll say, Oh, can you do this favor? Um, and I, you know, I used to do it all the time and everybody pays their dues. And I think just figuring out when you're gonna, when you have, when you feel like you've paid in full your dues, yeah. Then you, you, then you get to say no, because no one, no other, no other craft do people ask you for free stuff as much as they do artist. Yeah. Totally. And so I just think, um, so for me, what I've, what I've decided, cause I have my own sound equipment and sometimes my husband comes in and does sound. So when people ask me to come and perform, here's some of the things that, and, and they like, if they'll come in, if they ask me to sing for a fundraiser, the first thing I ask is what's your entertainment budget? Yeah. Cause there's always one. Yeah. Right. And then the second thing I ask is, um, if they say, Oh, I don't have one. My response is, I have several charities which I gift my time and talent to. Yeah. Maybe yours can be on the list for next year, but yeah. I've it's not on the list for this year. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. not I'm unable to do that for free. Boundaries. Right. And or um some of the 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 charities that I have chosen to perform in, I always say. I will gift my time, but I always have to pay my musicians. Yeah. They are working. This yeah. is their bread and butter. This is what they do. Yeah. And I need them beside me. And in order to have them beside me, I have to pay them. Yeah. And it can't, I, and it, so you got to, so you got to do that. Yeah. And then I used to lowball myself. Yeah, it's, and now it's, it's really just hard. like, just ask for it. 
just ask, you know, just say, what's your budget? What's your range? Um, so I learned to play, be a, a good salesperson. Yeah. And I always say, what's your range? And I'll tell yeah. you if I can, if I can, if I can make it there, or I'll tell yeah. you what, what you will get right. for that. That's what I do too. Amount. Well, and I think it, when, when you're, th- cause this is something that artists have to think about. Will I pray, play for free? When, what are the situations? And I would say, if it really is giving you something, like when you're totally green and you need performance experience and you have no business charging for it because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing, right? that's a time when I wouldn't even say it's playing for free because you are getting something you're that growing. you need. Yeah. I'm past that. I'm so yeah. far past that. Well, most of us are. I mean, I think if people want artists to play for free, they, they have to know that what they're going to get is artists who need to play for free. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, and then the other thing that I try to think about is I will, I will donate my talents and skills for other artists sometimes who are trying to do something that's on the fringe yes. that I believe in. And those are my two. I don't, I don't do, I don't do performance for charity. I will do like teaching, like I'll do like clinics and like, right. Um, but that's just the boundary that I've drawn because I'm too, it's too hard to, for me to try to choose. I like to bring other artists up with me. And so um, there have been times when I've done concerts and I've said to um, to people that I know who want to get into jazz, why don't you come and do a few songs with me? Yeah, sit in um, a little on like be ready we got to be prepared so we're gonna we're gonna rehearse but um i I because i think there's room enough for all of us absolutely um but i also um i also know my worth and and that's the that's the that mindset where you have to be like i can walk away from this because this doesn't this this is not a win-win for me yeah right and so like some some like i remember (laughs) I remember someone from the Susan G. Komen Foundation called and asked me if I would perform, a, if I could perform. And one of the first things I said was, what's your, what's your budget? And they, it was crickets. And they were like, we don't have a budget. And I said, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I... Play a recording. I, you know, yeah. I, I can't come and sing for free. And I'm like, you're, you're a multinational corporation. Seriously. Are you kidding? And I just, yeah. I just thought, how... How dare you? I just thought that that was the unmitigated goal for yeah. that to have happened. But I went, you're not going to be able to rent the sound equipment yeah. for free. Yeah. No, yes. right? Like, I, I mean, I'm they're gonna, not renting I gotta the, bring the venue's in. not free. The janitors aren't free. The catering's not free. Yeah. I just, yeah. So I, I don't have a, I don't have a tough time with boundaries like that anymore. And I don't have a tough time asking for, I, so what I did was I went and I looked at other artists. You got to do your research. So I looked at other jazz artists, what they were asking for, um, where they perform. I called and emailed a couple of them and said, you don't know me, but I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get out there and you know, what do you, and they were great. They were like, this is what I do. This is, you know, this is what I've done. Um, so don't be afraid to like try to get a hold of people and ask them what they do. And now I have contracts and templates that I, that I have. And then it goes up too, especially once, once you start you're um, booked. getting more yeah. gigs and people start paying you more, then you're like, okay, I can ask for this. Right. Um, so. I think the, maybe the important thing to note is like, 
this thing that we are talking about is a skill, you know? Yes. And when you say like, you know, I don't have a problem with boundaries anymore, like that anymore yes. is like, <laughs> that's key. Um, this isn't something you just like arrive at. It's something that like you, you do it a little wrong and then you overcompensate uh-huh. a little. And then you think like, I said yes to this thing and now I'm here and I feel bad, you know? Yep. Um, yep. it's yeah. Learning and those particularly when you work in a, in a genre, in a genre where you where um, people become your friends. Yeah. And so it's hard to say, oh, wait, I know I did this for you for free once, but I can't anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. But um, just that, once like, you get it out there, yeah. I mean, you know, that's vulnerable, though. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say those things. It's hard to set up those boundaries. It's hard to say I care about you, but I also care about me and I can't do this for free. And also it will ruin our friendship, you yes. know, yeah. um, because you'll just be resentful the entire right. time. And I, it's I much just, more I never want that. kind and s- strong to say, I can't do that. I can refer you to some students who really need the practice mm-hmm. or, you know, or you can pay me. <laughs> um, I just have one last question. So, well, I guess I have like, I have one main question and then like a little, a little, a little <laughs> tiny one, but, um, so the podcast is called Artifice because I believe, like I said, there's this mystique, which is like the artifice, but you know, that's kind of like on the front end of our art. Um, and one of the things I'm interested in is like, where's the breakdown between self and art, artist and art. And everyone has different opinions. Some people are like, they're totally separate. Some people are like, they're totally enmeshed, but, and if you don't have thoughts about it, that's also fine. But do you have thoughts about like, who am I? Who is my art? Absolutely. I think for me, they're integrated. Um, I remember one time my husband asked me um, about singing and if I couldn't do it anymore or something. And I said, well, it's like air, right? It's like, it's, it's like breathing. And while I can, I can compartmentalize it and put it to the side a little bit to focus on some other things that, you know, everything has an ebb and flow in terms yeah. of what's, what's the priority in That's your life. So healthy. Um, I don't think I could do without it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I true for me, it's integrated. Um, but yeah, it, it has, it has its ebbs and flows. Yeah. It's not, it's not with me. It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not succumbed by it and it's not my yeah. end all, Yeah, but I do. It's a piece. It is a piece yeah. that I think I would be remiss if I would miss it a lot if yeah. it weren't available to what me. What about just like overall, like the thought of like, I'm an artist. How does that like feel on you? I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm an, I'm an artist. I, and I, you think about it and, and you know, like what kind of artist are you a visual artist? Are yeah. you a, I think I've just, I do art the thing, and whatever sorry, yeah. that means for whatever to whomever. Yeah. I, I sing, I act, I write. Um, but mostly I make people feel. I was going to say like the thing about it is like, it's your perspective. Yeah. It's like, your willingness to go there, your willingness to ask questions, your willingness to like think about the world. I think like that's the thing that makes you an artist. It's also like making art. But you know I think what's really interesting is that when people ask me what I do, I've never said I'm an artist. 
Yeah, I mean, but I, I think, think I might start. Yeah, it, well, it's something that I, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, like, right. Because I do it all the time. It, I do art, and you do so many kinds of art, right? And you're doing it from all these different. So I, yeah, I think like you have to call yourself an artist, right? I am, like, but I never, yeah. you know, I always think about whatever day job that I'm doing, and yeah. I have, I actually haven't had a day job for about five months because I've been taking care of my mom, and so, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a caregiver, mm-hmm. but I've never. Isn't that interesting that I do all of this art and I've never, when people have ever asked me what I do, I never say I'm an artist. Oh, I think it's, I think it's totally relatable, but that's why (laughs) I think it's interesting because when we think about it, we're like, it's just what I do. I'm not an artist. Like who is? Who is? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Which is why it's kind of like, oh, I, I am. But I do like to ask people this type of a question because like I said, some people are like, I'm not an artist. I'm just a person who does art sometimes or makes art sometimes. And some people are like, I'm an artist. And so is like, you know, the guy who runs the grocery store. And so is, you know, and not that every guy that runs a grocery store, but I mean, I I, like, I've had people sit here and say like, this person is an artist and he's a lawyer, but he's an artist, you know, because of a perspective. I guess I think, I think an artist is someone who gifts you because it is a gift yeah. something that helps you with your emotions yeah like a what would you call like whatever a, it's if, some if kind a lawyer of like does a, that for you so be it if a if a grocery store um, um decorator does that for you so be it what do you think about like, cause I, I agree with you. Like I, or I, at least I definitely feel like that's part of it. But what do you think about like, you know, like I was talking about this with Camille, um, like the art of like creating a space for artists, like that's still art. You know, like, can you be artful about like constructing a business? Like, can that be an art, even though it's sure, not because, kind of personal, you know? Absolutely. Because it's kind of like, it's still work. Yeah. Like everything that we do is still work. There is still, um, creativity maybe. Right. I mean, even the, you know, the, the business side of this is still work and, but it's work that we either, um, hopefully have someone helping us do or how, you know, support, or we're doing it ourselves. And we, we, it's the, it's the thing we have to do in order to do the art. And I think, Yes, we absolutely. all as human beings do that. Yeah. Um, I think maybe like the thing that we're like, I'm having this thought where I'm like, is there a difference between a creative and an artist? <laughs> like, oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, yeah. you can, because I think maybe the other person I was talking to was thinking more like you can be a creative, even mm-hmm. if you're not, even if your medium isn't like an art. Well, producers are creatives. Sure. And well, I think that's why I was talking about that with Camille, because like she's kind of doing Mm -hmm. a lot of production and I don't I mean it's just interesting (laughs) I don't think anybody gets to there's no answer like certainly we don't we don't have the we don't we we as the people who do who who create or who are creating and are not the the production side of it we don't have a like we don't get to own the term artist Mm -hmm. I'm I mean Cause 
it doesn't matter. Right. No, right. I see what you're saying. We don't, we don't have a monopoly on right. it. Yeah. And okay. we, yeah. and we, and most of us haven't claimed it. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we think about it in the big yeah. scheme of things, yeah. like, right. Those of us who are, um, who are, you know, doing other things besides creating, we, we, um, like we just talked about how I almost never call myself yeah. an artist when somebody asks me what I do. Yeah. Even though like you definitely are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. It's so, it's messy in like my favorite way. It's I love great. it. Okay. Here's the last question that I ask everyone, okay. which is what's your dream collaboration or your dream project? You can involve anyone. There's money oh is not an issue. Gosh. People can be alive or not alive. Who, what is your dream thing and who's involved? If you want, it can be a solo project, but I think collaboration is more interesting. I I mean, I would love to work with Issa Rae. Yeah, she's awesome. um, mm -hmm, And uh, Childish Gambino. Oh, man. And Diana Ross. Oh, wow. What a great list. (laughs) I'm so into that list right now. I want to do like a performance art piece for like the Montreal or Toronto Jazz Festival. That just came to you in this yes. moment. Yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay, where can we find you? What's your website and stuff? My website is ddarbyduffin.com. So that's D-E-E-D-E-E, Darby, D-A-R-B-Y, Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N.com. ddarbyduffin.com. No hyphens. No just, hyphens, okay. just... And so you can find some of my music. And then I also have a Facebook presence. Um, I believe it's under Dee Dee Derby Duffin or Cage Bird Productions. Cage Bird. Caged Bird. Caged mm-hmm. Bird. Okay. Like Maya Angelou's like, right. Caged Bird. Yes. It's, I Why have a she tat- sings. I have a tattoo. Um, and uh, Instagram, I tweet. Um, but mostly my Caged Bird Productions Facebook page is just dates and times of when okay. I'm performing because I like to stay out of the politics of everything else. So, but I do have a personal page and people always subscribe to that first. I don't know why, but anyway, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And you're what, sorry, what are your Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Not sure. No, they're all DD Derby Duffin. Okay. The Twitter is DD Derby Duffin is at D it's no Twitter is at D Derby Duffin. D Derby. Yeah. Just one D the letter letter D. D. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. And my Instagram is DD. Like my name spelled out D E E D E Derby Duffin. Okay. Cause I really like my name. It's, it's, it's cute. <laughs> it's and cute. It's unique. And unlike Emily, which is literally everyone's. So name. yeah, if you type in DD Derby Duffin in Twitter or Instagram, we're going to find what, you. You're going to find me. Thank Facebook. you so much for being here. Thank I you. I love talking with you and meeting you. This is awesome. I'm glad you're doing this. Thanks. I'm really, I'm like, I have feelings about it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.